Yo, 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 what is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Laces Out, the official podcast of the Pigskin Podcast Network. I am your host, Sohaib, and today I have an exciting episode lined up for you guys. Free agency is officially underway, and teams have been working on improving their teams and getting under the cap this past week. So for this episode, I have decided to break down what has happened this past week by giving my winners and losers from the first week of the free agency period. So it's an overall simple episode, not much to go over, just wanted to basically recap and give my thoughts on who I believe had a really good start to free agency and who I believe did not have such a good start to free agency, and so on and so forth. So sit back, relax, get comfortable, and enjoy the rest of the show. back everyone before i begin i wanted to welcome in all our first time listeners to laces out which is a podcast in which i go over everything football if this is your second time or you know not your first time listening thank you and i really appreciate you coming back and i really appreciate all your support now real quick the main goal of this podcast is simple and that is to break down everything that has happened in the nfl world and basically provide a unique insight on things that happen around the league. Unlike those professional podcasts or sport talk shows where they are basically limited in what they have to say or they have to say a certain thing to really abide by the guidelines they are given, I, l- I just speak my mind and give my thoughts on opinions on what happens around the league. None of that you know, professional BS that they, they, they give you. So if you're an NFL fan that doesn't know much about football or a football junkie, This podcast is for you, so make sure to subscribe and tune in to all future episodes. With that being said, let's dive right into this week's episode. Rather than starting off with our usual Around the NFL segment, I figured I am basically saying, you know, the news in my main segment, so let's dive right into what we wanted to talk about, and that is the free agency winners and losers. It was a rather interesting free agency period with many key players moving to different teams, new faces, new places. We have guys returning to teams that they really, that many thought that they would leave. But let's talk, let's talk about it. Let's start off with the first winner on my list, and that is the Chicago Bears. They started off their offseason with a bang. They trade out the number one overall pick. They acquire multiple draft assets. They bring in a guy like DJ Moore. So the stage is set for them to have a relatively aggressive free agent free agency period right you have going into the offseason prior to the trade they had a really big need at wide receiver they filled that through the trade so that really helps them a lot you really look at what they did this free agency period and i really like what they did first off they really improved the linebacking linebacker position bringing in the likes of tremaine edmonds who was the best option in free agency Bringing in the likes of TJ Edwards, who was, you know, a relatively solid option. Bringing in those two guys really solidifies the middle of your defense. And for a guy like Matt Eberflus, who is a defensive-minded head coach, having a steady linebacker core, having a solid linebacker core that can lead the defense, that really is an understatement of how important it is for a defense for a defense to have success in this league. 
So not only getting one guy that can start in the middle of the park, but getting two guys that you can start and really be confident in their abilities, whether it's stopping the run, whether it's, you know, in pass coverage. TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds are both really good guys. Did they overpay for Tremaine Edmonds? That's 50-50 in my opinion, because to me, Tremaine Edmonds was the best linebacker in free agency. So a lot of people were bidding for his services. And for a team like Chicago, that isn't really up there yet in terms of, you know, attractive places. They're a team that has to slightly overpay to get a guy like Tremaine Edmonds. That has to slightly overpay to get in a guy like TJ Edwards. So the price to me, given that they had the most cap space in the entire NFL, I feel like that, you know, it makes sense for given the amount of money they gave to the likes of Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards' deal, I, I think that's a steal. But I just want to talk about that, Tremaine Edmonds, whether it's a steal or not, or whether it's an overpay or not. I believe that, you know, it's fair, it's relatively fair value for the number one linebacker in the market. For a team like Chicago that's trying to get back to winning ways, you have to slightly overpay to get the likes of an Edmonds type of player. And then you move towards the offensive side of the ball. They didn't do much. You know, they already added DJ Moore. That automatically improves their offense. Now what they did was focus on the offensive line, and they added a starting guard, something that they sorely needed to improve their offense. They bring in Nate Davis on a three-year, $30 million deal. And given the numbers that some of these other offensive linemen are getting, I feel like that is a relatively solid deal. You bring in a guy who was a solid starter in the league, and now you can slot him into your offensive line, and this offensive line got better. It can't really get much worse than what it was last year. And to me, getting in a proven starter in this league should only help improve this offense rather than making it worse. So add in the likes of DJ Moore. Add in the likes of Nate Davis. This offense just got better and we didn't even enter the draft yet. On the defensive side of the ball, going back to it, add in the likes of Tremaine Edmonds. Add in the likes of TJ Edwards. You had something building up in the secondary. You need to build up the defensive line. You can use the draft for that. However, the one thing that this draft really lacks is a, you know, it's not really deep in the linebacker position. And kudos to the Bears for really realizing that and fixing this position in free agency and what was expected and what was a really deep free agent linebacker class. So for them to really focus on that, they trade away Roquan Smith. They bring in two players for the amount of salary that Roquan Smith is, is getting paid in one year. That, to me, is a good piece of business. That, to me, is how you improve a team that is trying to build from the ground up. So, just overall, the moves that they made, they went in with the most cap space. They really were aggressive, and you got to respect their aggressiveness. That is why they are one of my winners. The Chicago Bears, they are having a relatively solid offseason so far. But, yeah, let's move on towards the next team, and that is the New York Giants. Now, they... We're not really that aggressive in free agency, but the reason why I have them as winners is their aggressiveness outside of free agency and the players that they signed. First off, bringing back Daniel Jones. I spoke about that, and I spoke about the importance of bringing him back. Bringing back Saquon Barkley. What their biggest moves were, were one was a signing, actually, and then the other one was via trade. Let's talk about the trade first. Bringing in Darren Waller for a third-round pick. That, to me, really signifies that this Giants team is trying to improve this offense. That, to me, is showing that they're willing to be aggressive, to go out there and get Daniel Jones some weapons. Getting one of the best tight ends out in the game, 
a tight end that could play outside, that could play inside, that is extremely valuable in today's NFL. And to only get him for a third-round pick, one that they got from the Kadarius-Tony trade, basically trading Kadarius-Tony for Darren Waller, that to me is a good piece of business. Sure, you're going to have to pay Darren Waller a little over $10 million a year. However, if he stays healthy and if he performs the way he's expected to perform, that to me is a bargain in my opinion because Darren Waller, although he's listed as a tight end, although he does tight end things, he to me is a one of those tight ends that can really play. You can really consider him as an outside receiver at times. You can really consider him as a slot receiver at times due to his simple athletic ability, due to his ability to move in space. He's not one of those slow moving tight ends. This is a new modern era of, of tight ends. And to me, Darren Waller really fits the mold of a modern tight end, of a tight end that can really come in and improve your offense. And to only get him for a a third-round pick, that to me is a good bit of business. That to me shows you are willing to improve and really build on last year's success and not really relying on the likes of, you know, the guys that you have on the roster. So that, that was a move that I really liked. Another move that I found really solid and I really liked for this Giants team is fixing the middle of their defense, and that is signing linebacker. Am, am I going to mess up his name? Probably, but I really apologize in advance. But Bobby Okurike on a four-year, $40 million deal. Given what some of these linebackers were getting, that to me is, an all, is, is a really good deal. For those that don't know, he was the starter for the Indianapolis Colts who really filled in nicely for Shaquille Leonard. And that is a really, that is an understatement. Shaquille Leonard goes down with an injury. Many people thought this Indianapolis Colts team, this Colts defense really falls off. And they really did it. And that was, you know, largely in part due to the play of Bobby Okereke. And heading into free agency, he was one of the top linebacker options. One of the most underrated guys in this free agency class. The Giants had a need at linebacker. They had a major need and a major hole to fill. And they went out and got one of the best guys out there. They use their salary cap to their advantage. They're taking advantage of this, you know, opportunity they have with the likes of Daniel Jones coming back, with the likes of Saquon Barkley coming back. Now acquiring Darren Waller. Bringing in a guy that really strengthens this defense. Your defensive line is set. Your secondary is a work in progress, but it is at, they at least have some studs across that secondary. Now the one thing that they needed to improve was linebacker, and they improve it with one of the better options in free agency. That to me is a team that, you know, knows what it's doing. Really, I really like this move a lot. And then some other small moves that, you know, probably would go unnoticed is, you know, bringing in a guy like Raheem Nunez Rochez, a guy that was a really key player for that Tampa Bay front four. And to bring him in, to allow him to rotate with the likes of Dexter Lawrence, to allow him to rotate with the likes of Leonard Williams. I feel like their defense got better especially a defense that was really good last year. Their front seven has really improved dramatically. Now work on improving the secondary in the draft. Get another wide receiver or two. And all of a sudden, this New York Giants team is a really interesting team heading into next season. But that's but that's for another episode. We'll talk about that. But overall, bringing in Darren Waller, being aggressive and bringing in Bobby Okereke, improving this team on both sides of the ball, that, to me, is why the New York Giants are one of my five winners in free agency. Let's move on to the next team, and that is the Carolina Panthers. Similar to the Chicago Bears, coming off an aggressive trade that really alters their entire offseason plans and whatnot. 
they came into this offseason with a really interesting situation. Do they really be aggressive or do they really stay back? I felt like they were relatively aggressive. And the reason why were due to the moves that they made. Start off on the defensive side of the ball. They bring in two guys that can really come in and provide really solid production. First off, Shy Tuttle from the New Orleans Saints. You know, New Orleans Saints breed defensive linemen there. I don't know what they do, but they breed defensive linemen. Bringing in defensive tackle Shy Tuttle. Pair him with the likes of Derek Brown. Pair him with the likes of Brian Burns. And this front four, one that you thought couldn't get any better, prob- it improved after this move. He's a guy that can really come in and really produce at a really high level. He's an improvement over Matt Ioannidis. And then you look at the back end. Bringing in a guy like Van Bell, a solid veteran presence and in what is a rather young secondary room. He's a guy that, he, that is a move I really like. And you look at their contracts that they're getting. Shai Tuttle, three years, 19.5 mil. Von Bell, three years, 22.5 mil. Those are two really solid deals, especially in today's NFL where, you know, guys at the safety position, guys at the defensive line position are really getting overpaid. These are two deals that really fit the bill of what the Carolina Panthers are supposed to do and not really locking themselves up long-term with, with a huge contract. But rather, you bring in solid veteran options that have been there, done that, and that can still produce at a really high level in this league. I really like this move a lot. This Carolina Panthers defense was good prior to free agency. I feel like after these two moves, this Carolina Panthers defense just got a whole lot better. So that to me is, you know, one of the key reasons. My second key reason as to why I think they got better, and that is on the offensive side of the ball. Bringing in, okay, let's start off, you know, from from the Andy Dalton news, right? You may be a bit confused, why didn't they just keep Sam Darnold? He got a cheaper contract and whatnot. However, I like to, you know, really clarify that notion from the start. Sam Darnold wasn't going to take a pay cut to play for the Carolina Panthers. He took a pay cut to play for the San Francisco 49ers. Because given the situation, he can probably go start there and everyone looks good. So ultimately, he is gambling on himself to potentially start at at San Fran and really, you know, use that opportunity to improve his value. He wasn't going to take a pay cut to stay for Carolina. No disrespect to Carolina at all, but they're just not the San Francisco 49ers. But bringing in a guy like Andy Dalton, what that does, it doesn't force the Carolina Panthers to start their rookie QB if he's not ready. Now, I am on the side that, you know, usually starting your rookie QB day one, let him get all the growing pains out the way. I'm on the side, I am on that side of the spectrum, starting him day one. However, in years past, it has been proven that if you bring in a veteran QB, let him, you know, mentor this whoever they draft that QB, that is a smarter decision regardless of how good Andy Dalton is or not. Andy Dalton has been there, done that. He knows the ins and outs of this NFL. And to really have a guy like him, a you know respected professional in the league, really come in, and really lead whoever you draft at rookie QB, that to me is a solid move. And that to me is why his contract at two years, 10 million is really worth it. In my opinion, it's not fully guaranteed, but that, but that to me is a really solid deal. And then looking at the other, uh, other pieces that they added, Miles Sanders, one of the best running backs in the league coming off a 1200 rushing yard season, bringing him in, really improving and solidifying your running back position. That to me is a really solid move. Did you overpay for him? I disagree. I think Miles Sanders is one of the top running backs in the league. And when he when healthy, he can be a really good running back in this league. 
adding Miles Sanders, adding Hayden Hurst, is that a bit of an overpay, $7 million a year? I don't think so. Hayden Hurst has, you know, tremendous potential. And given a, given a rookie quarterback, a guy like Hayden Hurst, a nice security blanket, that to me is a really solid move. So adding him, adding Miles Sanders, this offense took some steps forward. However, I'm, I'm interested to see how they improve the wide receiver position, which is starting to look more and more likely they add through the draft. And they potentially bring in a guy like Adam Thielen, who they brought in for a visit. Um, I don't remember the exact day, but they're bringing, him, they're bringing him in for a visit relatively soon, or they brought him in for a visit. So wh- whether they add Adam Thielen, whether they get one through the draft, I am really liking this offseason so far, and it can get so much better if they were to, if they were to add a wide receiver or two. But that is it for the Carolina Panthers. They are they are one of my winners. I really like how they weren't really sitting back and they were relatively aggressive in getting the guys that they wanted. But now let's move on to my two biggest winners and starting off with the San Francisco 49ers. Now they didn't do much, but they didn't really have to do much given the fact that they brought in they brought back most of their starters and what they did was improve a defense that was already the number 1 overall defense. In the surprise, and probably the biggest surprise in free agency, they went out and signed the top defensive tackle in the in free agency by bringing in Javon Hargrave on a four-year, eighty-four million dollar deal. A defense that was number one goes out and improves a front four, a pass rush that was already amongst the best in the league, going out getting the best option at defensive tackle and bringing him in and adding him to that defense. That's just nuts to me. I really don't know what to say other than this defense just got a whole lot better and that's scary because a guy like Javon Hargrave, you slot him into that Niners defense, you pair him with the likes of Nick Bosa, you pair him with the likes of Eric Armstead, and man, this defense is scary. It was scary before you add Javon Hargrave, and now you add him, you bring all those guys back. The San Francisco 49ers team knows how to go all in. Is this going to be the move that finally takes them over the top? Only time will tell. But for the sake of this episode, bringing in the likes of Javon Hargrave. Bringing in a guy like Cleland Farrell who really did not pan out well for the Las Vegas Raiders. But he's a guy that you can take a shot shot on if you're a team like the San Francisco 49ers. Bringing back center Jake Brendel. Those were moves that really prove to me that this Niners team is legit and they are not messing around they really significantly improved in my opinion and yeah losing the likes of Jimmy Garoppolo losing the likes of Mike Galinci really sucks but given the guys that they added given the guys that they brought back I really like the offseason that the San Francisco 49ers team is having they're not like one of those like teams, like all those other big teams that really stand pat and really just make small moves. They went out, they were aggressive. They added Javon Hargrave, one of the best defensive tackles in the game right now, and bringing him in and adding him to that defense. Jeez, man, that, that's a really, really good move, and that is why they are one of my winners. I just had to mention the San Francisco 49ers. And now let's move on towards the final team and my final winner and probably the biggest winner of this offseason for me, the Miami Dolphins. They started off this free agency period by adding Jalen Ramsey for what, you ask? A third round pick and a tight end that only has one career catch and tight end Hunter Long. So not only do they add the number one, you know, arguably the number one overall cornerback in the league, 
They went out and added the likes of, they improved their linebacker court and bringing in David Long, who was a really solid linebacker. They bring back Duke Riley. They bring back Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert on two really solid deals. They bring in a really solid, proven, young backup quarterback in Mike White. And you and they bring, you know, solid option in Deshaun Elliott. Nick Needham, they bring him back. You're looking at this Miami Dolphins team. They're going all in, and they're making the right moves. Getting Jalen Ramsey for that price, absolute steal. Bringing in David Long for the contract they brought him in, absolute steal. Bringing back both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert for a combined upwards of $14 million. That's a steal. The, the moves that they're making are really smart, you know, thought-out moves. Bringing in a guy like Mike White, he's not expected to start. But given Tua's injury history, now you have a solid, reliable option to come in and really allow this team to stay afloat at the very least. Because that is something once Tua got hurt last year, they really struggled with. Once Tua was hurt, this offense really struggled. I really believe this offense won't really struggle as much with the likes of Mike White. So really looking at their needs and really being aggressive with it and going out and getting the best options available... That, to me, is why this Miami Dolphins offseason was really successful and why, to me, they are one of the biggest winners. The goal of the offseason is to go in and improve your team. You want to go in and make, look at your team and think, oh, it's improved and we have a better shot and a better chance of doing better than what we did last season. You look at this Miami Dolphins team. They added Jalen Ramsey. And I'm not going to keep listing the players, but on paper... This Dolphins team got better. Their defense got significantly better. This offense is expected to be better. That, to me, is a sign of a really good offseason. And that is what the Miami Dolphins are having. And that is why they are arguably my biggest winner of this free agency period so far. So really looking at their moves, they, are, they, they look like they're for real. And they look like they really want to prove themselves as a top dog in this a in this rather tough AFC. So that to me is why they are one of the biggest winners of this free agency period so far. But those are my winners. Let me know who you think. Do you disagree with my list? Do you think I should add anyone else? Let me know on Twitter or Instagram, wherever you follow us or whatnot. All right, guys, it's that time of year, folks. Are you ready for the underdogs, the upsets? and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook, the biggest tournament in college basketball is finally here. March Madness. It doesn't get better than that. The Probably the best month of the year. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and round two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Now, if you want my opinion on who to like bet on this weekend and whatnot, it's really interesting because there are, in my opinion, a lot of upset picks that you can really go with. But some teams that really stick out to me or some matchups that really stick out to me from this first round. You look at, you know, Virginia versus Foreman. Foreman is a team that, you know, shoots the ball exceptionally well, shooting near 60% throughout the season, have a, you know, a average defense. However, they're a team that can really, 
you know, cause some problems. Creighton, they are a six seed team that I really believe could make a very deep run. They have a really good defense and they have a really good offense as well. You know, that's just one side of the bracket. And then you look at teams like Oral Roberts, you know, former Cinderella. They sound familiar. However, I feel like this team is probably better than that Cinderella team that made the Sweet 16 not so long ago. They shoot the ball exceptionally well. And, you know, they are a fun team to watch. And then you look at across this, there's just a ton of teams that you can really pick. I spoke about Arkansas last last episode. I spoke about, you know, just how, you know, they are a sleeper team and how they, they could be a team that could really make it far in the tournament. Teams like, you know, Kansas are common teams that you can bet on. Duke, you can bet on all those teams and so much more only on DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code XXX. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code XXX. That is code XXX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's get right into the losers of this free agency period so far. And they're not going to get as much time given that they're losers. They don't deserve as much attention. Starting off with the Green Bay Packers. They are one of the biggest losers in free agency period to me. And the biggest reason is we also heard about the Aaron Rodgers situation, how, you know, he wants to play for the Jets and whatnot. But the biggest thing that stood up for me stood out for me and really it was when Aaron Rodgers said that he decided, you know, he let his intention known that he wants to go to the Jets on Friday, right? At first I thought there, you know, Lack of activity in free agency really was due to the fact they were unsure about Aaron Rodgers' future. But with Aaron Rodgers really saying that and proving that, you know, he told them ahead of time. With a team that has $20 million in cap space, with a team that, you know, has aspirations to really compete next season. For them to really not do anything major or not make any significant signings to improve this team. And we're almost a week into free agency. It really doesn't make sense to me. And you're about to lose a Hall of Fame QB and not making any moves to really supplement that. It really doesn't make sense to me. So that that is one of the biggest reasons they are the biggest losers to me is their lack of activity given that they know that Aaron Rodgers is gone. So that to me is why they are one of the biggest losers. My second team is the Denver Broncos. They're not like the Packers. They went out to be they went out and made moves. However, the reason why they're a loser to me is the value they gave the players that they paid. Mike McGlinchey, you know, he's a really solid tackle, but I don't think he's worth 87 and a half million. Zach Allen, he broke out last year. I don't think he's worth three years, 45 and 35, 45.8 million. I really think you could have brought back the likes of Dramont Jones for, you know, what was it? 3 million more. I felt like that could have been a better deal and a better option for this Denver Broncos team. And, you know, just bringing back up when you're Stuck for cap space, bringing him a backup QB for two years, ten million, bringing in Ben Powers for four years, 40, 40 years, fifty-two million. Like they're not bad players. I just feel like, given their limited cap space, they really could have, you know, used it on guys that really could have helped this team and really spread out this and spread out the cap space and really improve this team in many different ways rather than overpaying for the guys that they overpaid for. Now, it's not to say these players aren't going to be good next year. Now, it's not to say they're not going to be really good players. I just think they could have gotten these players for significantly less money and or they could have, you know, used that money to get 
players that could have had a bigger impact. But that is just my opinion. I, I That's why I think the Denver Broncos are amongst the biggest losers. And it wasn't due to their activity. It was rather due to their inability to really give the players that the, the value they deserve. But they are one of my losers for free agency. My third loser, the New England Patriots. They are a team that came into this offseason with significant amount of cap space. And what did they do? Not much. Their biggest signing was Juju Smith-Schuster, $11 million a year. One that I think, you know, bringing back Jacoby Myers probably would have been a better option. Other than that, bringing back Jonathan Jones for two years, $20 million, those are two... Those are the two deals that are, you know, pretty significant. And given the holes that they had on this New England Patriots team, given how bad they were last year, they were a team that I felt like had to be aggressive, especially when you have teams like Miami being aggressive, teams like Buffalo just being Buffalo, the New York Jets bringing in Aaron Rodgers. And you're just standing pat, even though you have, you know, a ton of cap space. That just didn't sit well with me. Yes, you brought in Juju Smith-Schuster, who was probably the best wide receiver in this free agent market. I just don't think that's enough for this New England Patriots team. I feel like they have more holes elsewhere, such as a linebacker position, such as bringing in another corner potentially, maybe the defensive line. They have, or the offensive line, they have holes that they really did not fill yet, so far at least. And given that they had, they were amongst the teams with the most cap space, that just doesn't make sense to me. So that is why they are amongst the biggest losers, in my opinion. Now for my fourth team, and it is a team that you may be surprised, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. And the reason why I have the Philadelphia Eagles as one of my biggest losers were, is simply due to the players that they lost. Now, they lost the likes of Miles Sanders. They lost TJ Edwards, Marcus Epps, who, really, who started the most games for them, Kaiser White. They cut Darius Slay, but brought him back. They brought back Fletcher Cox. They brought back James Bradbury. They brought back Brandon Graham. Now, that's good. However, they lost some really good players. And given the coordinator changes that they're going through, given the players that they lost, that really doesn't bode well for this Philadelphia Eagles team moving into next year. When you have teams like San Francisco 49ers getting better, you have teams like, you know, in the NFC that are improving such as the Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings that are still going to be good. The Dallas Cowboys got better. The New York Giants got better. Teams in your own division are getting better, and you're losing players. It just doesn't really you know, look good for this Philadelphia Eagles team. Now, they're still a really good team. Don't get me wrong. I still expect them to contend for a Super Bowl in a weak NFC. But to me, losing those players that they lost, really key contributors, I feel like they have a tall task at replacing them, and it's going to be really interesting given their limited cap space and their impending contract that they're going to be given Jalen Hurts. So to me, just simply losing the players that they lost and the impact that they have, I feel like that to me makes them one of the biggest losers in this free agency period thus far. I still don't think they're a bad team. I just think they just got worse. And for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, you can't get worse and expect to improve a Super Bowl loss result that they had last year but they are one of my losers of free agency and my fifth and final loser I wanted to go over is the Los Angeles Rams I spoke about the Jalen Ramsey trade giving him up for a third rounder and a backup tight end that only has one career catch that is bad in its own right however the one the reason why they are one of the biggest losers I don't know what they want to do 
they have a quarterback in Matthew Stafford that really doesn't signify you want to tank. You have a top receiver in Cooper Cup. You have Aaron Donald. Like, you gave up on Bobby Wagner. You cut him. You traded Jalen Ramsey. That should signify a rebuild, right? At the same time, I don't know whether it's a lack of interested suitors or whatnot, but this team isn't bad enough to really tank next year, in my opinion, when you have the likes of Matthew Stafford, when you have the likes of Cooper Cup, when you have the likes of Aaron Donald. So really not seeing a clear direction from this Los Angeles Rams team is frankly what makes them one of the biggest, if not the biggest loser of free agency thus far. They haven't been active in free agency. They haven't really worked on getting rid of you know the contracts that I mentioned earlier. So what are they really doing? Are they really standing pat and expecting to go into this offseason with the roster that they have and, and expect you know better results? I just don't really understand what the plan is for this Los Angeles Rams team. And that is ultimately why they are one of the biggest losers of this free agency period thus far. I just really do not understand what their plan is and what direction they plan on going in into next season and as this offseason goes along. So that is why they are one of the biggest losers. That rounds out my losers list for this free agency period. Now this could ultimately change. These five teams that I mentioned could make some moves that I really like. And that, and my outlook for their offseason could really change as we head towards the season. But as for now, those are my free agency winners and losers. That brings us to the end of this episode. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this free agency recap episode brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Be sure to tune into our next episode on Monday, where I will be starting a very special series, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at LacesOutNFLPod on Twitter and at LacesOutNFL on Instagram. Finally, if you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review on wherever you listen to your podcast. We are available on all the major podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so much more. Thanks again for your support. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Stay safe, stay well, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you.